Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Show. Glad you're here. This is a great podcast. Been doing it a long time. Can you believe it? Since 2011. We're probably, by the time this gets released, this will be episode 610, I'm going to guess, right? 610? What? But anyway, I love doing this because I get to talk to really cool people like Josh Jordan, who's going to be on our podcast today. And uh, I got some cool things that you're going to really like out of this podcast. And you're going to hear an inspirational story. And now he's traveling around the world. He's gallivanting around the world, as they say, which is pretty cool. We're going to talk about that. But I first want to let you guys know, realestateinvestingmastery.com. We have so many cool things there. If you haven't been there in a while, you need to go back. We have all the show notes, obviously, of all of our podcasts. And if you go to iTunes right now, you can only listen to the last couple hundred episodes. I mean, that's a lot. But the first 400 aren't even there for some reason, and I can't figure out why. But if you want to go back and look at all of the episodes we've done in the past, and you know, one of the things that people don't realize is you can go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and like do a search for, let's say cash buyer or buyer. And you can do in the search bar, do a search for buyer. And you can see all the podcasts where we talk about cash buyers. Maybe you have some questions on online marketing or Facebook, or maybe I interviewed somebody like Fan Merrill from Fortune Builders, you know, and you just look up Fan Merrill and you can find our podcast with him. And you can get so many really, really amazing resources at the podcast website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. So go there and check it out. Uh, leave us a review in iTunes. If you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes. Let people know, let us know that you like it. If you don't like it, leave us a review as well. Love to, to hear from you and let us know how the show can be better. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this podcast for many, many more years. So this is a love project of mine. And uh, I get to meet some amazing people like Josh from who's in Vietnam right now. Right, Josh? Yes, sir. What are you doing in Vietnam? Right. Well, I'm just uh, with my buddy over here and we're kind of exploring and eating our way through the country, just filling our bellies and taking in as much culture as I can. I've never been to Asia, so it's fun to check that off the list and uh, just over here doing deals too. So that's really awesome. So dream come true to just be on the road vacationing and at the same time doing work and making a living for myself. So pretty awesome. I love it. Josh, we met a couple years ago. You signed up for my coaching, started working with you, and uh, you started doing deals pretty quickly. I think you might have already been doing deals, but you were wanting some help with like getting some automation and systems in place. Is that right? Yeah, you know, I think I when we started talking, I I just done some basic like bandit signs and started putting some things out like that. But I don't think I'd actually closed the deal until a month or two after we started coaching. Okay. Um, so yeah, so. That was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was the end of 2015 or mid-2015 mid when we first started working together. Nice. And you were in Ohio, is that right? Yeah, in Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio is my market. So um, originally from Mississippi, so I've always kind of wanted to be able to go virtual, uh, do it virtually from pretty much anywhere. Like, you know, I hear, hear about you doing. Uh, that's why I was initially drawn to you hearing your podcast about cruising around in the RV and doing deals uh, from RV with your family and in Prague. So that was 
that was really cool. We are, I've just been talking to my wife lately again about doing that. And we sold our camper. We had this big old camper and we sold it. And uh, we've been talking about buying a new motorhome and doing it again. But it's so awesome. much fun, isn't it? To travel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you're doing it yourself. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's cool. great. I mean, I, could, I couldn't be happier. I've always dreamed of being able to just travel. And it's, it's hard for me to sit still. And I love taking in new things and learning new things. So being able to do deals from a laptop and cell phone and not necessarily have to be in town, boots on the ground. It's just, it's truly a dream come true. So I'm just living the dream. You know, and it's not, I mean, that sounds like hypey maybe to some people to think about. Cause I remember when I first heard about that, you know, like what run a business from a laptop and all you need is a cell phone and a, what that doesn't make sense. And that sounds like too good to be true. But man, I'm telling you, once you start doing it yourself, like I remember when I was first thinking about this business, thinking, man, I don't want to just be tied to one location. I want to be able to run this business from anywhere in the world. If we feel like we want to go to Africa for a couple months, let's just go and do it. If we want to go to uh, Prague for two or three months, let's go live there. Why not? Like even, and I'm sure you kind of saw this yourself, right, Josh? Like you were doing deals in your local market and in virtual markets. And you weren't having to go see the house, right? That's right, yeah. And you just thought, well, maybe we can go travel. And I, I get so excited about this because that, those few little trips that we took, you know, not, not little, but like we took in the last, those of you who don't know, in the last five years, we've, take, we've gone to Prague uh, twice for th- two to three months at a time. I and mean, we took an RV trip for three months around the northwestern corner of the U.S. doing deals while traveling. And it's funny, like looking back, it was so much fun, you know, but we got four kids. We've got four kids. So it's kind of getting harder. The older they get to travel as much as we did, but still, wherever I want, I can work from home. I can work from Starbucks. I can take the day off, go get a massage, go to uh, Starbucks. Yeah. But the life, I love it. If only we had it in my backyard. (laughs) No, but go ahead. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, and there are times when I feel like I'm gloating talking about what I'm doing and how it's working, but I, I really just, you know, when, when I first heard about it, it was kind of tough for me to believe that you could actually, actually be doing deals and be traveling the world. But, um, mm-hmm. I, I just try to, you know, share because it's, it's really happening. And it's all, I mean, I guess November, December, I went to Cabo for a week. I was in Peru for 10 days. Now I'm here for 17 days and heading to California after this for at least a month and we'll see how much longer I'm going to get an RV out there. Wow. And, uh, I'm just, well, let's, let's, it's let's just, surre- it's Josh. surreal. And, ahead, yeah. and also I just want to thank you for having me on Joe. It's another dream come true. I sound like goofy talking about all these dreams coming true, but it's, it's reality. And, uh, you know, this podcast is really what helped get me into this business and really dive in. So I just want to thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Let's talk about you, how you got started, Josh. How did you get interested in real estate? Well, my dad um, always bought and sold real estate, and he had some incredible luck with uh, buying condos down on the coast of Alabama and Florida in the 90s, early 2000s. And I was like, wow, you know, you could really take that torch and put some purpose behind it and really probably just blow it up and do some do some great things. So, and I think I was in seventh grade when my dad had me read, uh, rich dad, poor dad. And, uh, 
just always trying to get me to take the entrepreneur mindset and real estate just seemed like such an incredible vehicle. And I, I love the idea of the passive income. So I was all about getting into rentals and in my home state, Oxford, Mississippi, where I grew up, it's a college town and the prices are kind of inflated. So it's kind of tough to get good returns on your money as far as cash flow. So heard about Memphis and best and I was looking at other turnkey states and uh, our cities and I came across Cleveland and I bought a turnkey deal there. What year and then was I think it was 2014 when I bought my first rental there, okay. I believe. And, um, really just, I was like, man, I want, I got to get this going. I want to get a bunch of them going. And I was just reading and trying to educate as much as I could just soaking in as much as possible. Love, love to learn. And, uh, Started hearing about wholesaling, read a couple books. I think I got on hearing Sean Terry's podcast. And I think that was my, when I first uh, was introduced to you. I think you were on there talking about doing deals from your RV and in Prague. And then it's so funny. I, I was just, looking at that podcast just the other day. It was episode 117. I did it in November 2014. I'm just looking at it right now, right here. Oh, wow. That is crazy. And so then I, I just started burning through the real estate investing mastery and uh, podcasts. And I mean, you put out so much great content with those. It's just incredible. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. So, I mean, I mean, you've got how many episodes now? 600 and something. That's crazy. No, uh, just, but yeah, so that's awesome. I and, love doing it. And but I, you started listening to podcasts, started learning about wholesaling. Yep. And I remember I was... Uh, I was hiking in a state park, listening to some podcasts, and it was episode 84 with you and Tom Kroll talking about uh, the best uses for virtual assistants. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the podcast that made me pick up the phone and say, all right, you know, I could figure this out on my own, trying to piece it together with books and getting on bigger pockets and whatnot. But and I was putting out bandit signs and just, you know, having a tough time. I, I could see, I, I could make it work and do it. But I was like, you know what? I think investing in myself and paying a coach to really teach me so I could just crush that learning curve and get up, up and rolling a lot faster uh, would really help me get there. Oh man, that's, I totally agree with that. I'm not just saying that because you signed up for my coaching, but I'm saying that because like the fastest path to success is to find somebody that's doing what you're doing and, and copy them. Right. And just do without what a doubt. Doing. Not hard. Yeah, totally. And, and just being able to, you know, have somebody kind of hold your hand through it. Just, it, it's crazy. So, you know, I think since we started doing it, I've done, I think around 65 deals, oh, man. um, the last two years. And, and what's great about it, I'm, when we first started talking, you said, you know, Josh, once you get this rolling, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. And I was like, okay, that, that sounds great. And I, yeah, you said that. <laughs> and I was like, man, that, sound, that sounds great and everything, but it was kind of hard for me to put in reality. And now I am always thinking about the business and trying to work on it and figuring how I can scale it and everything. But I mean, here I am. I've got, you know, I did 65 deals, I think just shy of 400,000 know, in the last two years. And say that you know, again. I've, I've done just shy of 400,000. And, um, it's amazing, man. You know, gross wholesale. So, um, and you have a real simple lifestyle too, Josh, right? I mean, you don't have, uh, you're, you're not driving around a Bentley. Yeah. Nope. Just driving a Mazda. 
Um, I am about to buy a Mercedes uh, van, though, and turn it into my little mobile office camp recreation ah, mobile. Yeah, so that's, that'll be that'll be my big splurge. But uh, yeah, just kind of simple guy. I like to like to travel, soak it in, hang out with my family and friends, and my my dog Ray Ray. And uh, you know, so it it's just. It's just really cool how, and you know, I tell you what, in this real estate investment community, I've just met so many people and made so many great friends. It's just really cool, you know. Well, Josh, talk about, I remember there was a time when um, you were getting started and you were kind of struggling because you were, and maybe I'm putting words into your mouth, but talk about this a little bit because I know a lot of people can relate. Okay. Uh, you were struggling with a little bit of analysis paralysis, right? Thinking that you were complicating it, weren't you? Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because you, you know, you try to anticipate what potential problems could come about, and so you know, oh well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I was just doing a ton of that, and I wanted to just be 100% prepared for anything that would come at me. But the fact of the matter is, you're never going to be 100% prepared for anything life throws at you. So one thing that you kind of instilled that I really appreciated was just kind of, what, what was it? It was, uh, done is the new perfect. Oh yeah. I love that. Something along those lines, because, you know, I, I'm a big perfectionist and I think that's my biggest, um, setback, uh, as far as to getting a lot of things done that I would like to, because I'll just think about it and think about it. But now I really just try to put my best foot forward and just get it done no matter what It might not be perfect, but you know, just taking massive action and it doesn't have to be perfect, but just getting it done. Cause that's the only way you're going to move the ball forward. Well, and the, um, Oh, what was I going to say? It was profound. <laughs> I forget anyway, but done, you know, done is the new perfect. And when you just kind of take that leap of faith and say, you know what, I'm going to trust the system. Then you actually, start, you actually start doing deals because no two deals are the same, right? Have you ever oh, all the yeah. deals you've done? Josh, are, are any two deals exactly the same? Could there have been a formula and a blueprint that told you step-by-step step exactly what to do? That not at all. That fitted perfectly for each deal? Yeah, no, not, not, no way. So, wow. Yeah, so just taking massive imperfect action, you know, just failing forward. And uh, another thing is just, I think it was Tim Ferriss that says it. Um, he, he was kind of a big influence for me. The yeah. four-hour work work week, scaling your time, owning your time, um, being time rich as opposed to money rich. But um, fortune favors the bold, so that's kind of been my guiding light with every decision I make. So you know, just try to be bold with your decisions and not be timid. And uh, I think it's it's served me really well, and keep using that. Good, good. All right, Josh. So the deals that you've been doing that you're doing now, what has been working for you? What have you found to uh, work well for you like how are you finding your deals well um mainly direct mail yeah pretty much just direct mail postcards okay cool and you know another thing you instilled in me joe was you know you write down everything you that it takes to put the deal together and then figure out how do you do none of it so hiring a va that was a huge step for me i mean it just takes so much of the processing and the tedious work and it really just helps you scale your time i, I think another thing you said was um the best automation is hiring a, a virtual assistant or an assistant. So yeah. fast forward. Now I've got two VAs and we've got a, a realtor that's kind of the boots on the ground that takes pictures for us and helps 
get people in and out. But really, for me, I'm not going to be consistent with getting on the phone with sellers. I'm not going to be consistent on any one hack because as you're building this business and trying to make it grow, there's so many hats you have to wear to really hunker down and be consistent on one of them is really tough. So I've really tried to just delegate as many other things I can. So I'm just dealing with kind of the high level things and growing and building the business. So building the team is huge and, and it's just been, it's not an easy task putting a team together. So, um, and it's still a work in progress, of course, but. So what does your team uh, look like right now? I've got two VAs in the Philippines um, and, you know, they, they take in, they schedule the marketing, they send it out, they manage the leads that come in, run comps and they handle the phones. They actually lock up contracts over the phone for me. So I've, I've got a main VA and we basically have her an assistant that just kind of does a lot of the tedious stuff. Craigslist scrapings, scrubbing lists, things like that. So she can just be spending her time on the phone, locking up deals. And so how does that work? Talk, step, step through that a little bit. You have uh, the um, marketing is going out, postcards are going out, calls are coming in. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. a VA answering the phones? We don't live answer. I've uh, been wanting okay. to get that going. But yeah, right now we're just taking the voicemails. I like having that pre-screen. I think we've got a three and a half minute voicemail on there. So we know, you know, so it's kind of crazy. I've looked at changing it, but a lot of people say you need to be live answering, but it's been working for us. So until, until I get a local acquisitions manager in place, probably just going to stick with it because I really like, you know, if you've got a, a seller on the phone and they, they stick on there and leave a voicemail after three, three and a half minutes, you know, there's going to be some level of motivation there. Yeah. So that's kind of how we prioritize the lead. So, so they'll call them, you know, test to see if there's motivation, find out what kind of repairs needs to be done and kind of let them know, you know, generally where we would need to be. And if they agree to it, we just go ahead and lock it up over the phone before we, before we even go out to the property. Wow. Nice. And yeah. do you, you give them a contract to sign digitally online. Yeah. Yeah. We send it to them through right signature or some, sometimes we'll have to mail or fax it to them. But so are you doing no, this we have lo- in, in Ohio right now in Columbus? Or in, Cleveland? in Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Um, so can and you so, walk through the script a little bit that your VA is doing? The VA will ask them some questions. What? Yeah, let's see. So, you know, I haven't even looked at that in a while, to be honest with you, Joe. But um, pretty much what's your situation? You know, tell me a little bit about the house. Sounds like a great house. Why would you even, uh, why would you even consider selling it? And then they ask, you know, what kind of repairs need to be done and if there's a tenant, if it's vacant, whatnot, and then uh-huh. what kind of time frame they're looking at. And then, you know, if we pay all cash, close quickly and cover all the closing costs with no real estate commissions, what's the best price you'd give us on it? And then, you know, we just kind of take it from there. And if we can agree over the phone, you know, we just go ahead and send them the agreement through right signature and, that's when we initiate the inspector to go out and take pics and get everything together so we can put it together for the buyers. Yeah. Cause even when I, I think when you were talking about the analysis paralysis, it was really tough for me because in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, what may look like a great deal on the surface from afar. In fact, I'm sure that's the same in a lot of mid Midwest markets, but it turns out not just to be on a terrible street or, you know, it's so street to street there and block to block. So without, so I, I've been, I lived there for two years uh, during the, the pretty months. And then in the winters, I would go back down south. But 
I really just needed to get a grip on the local market there a little bit and have a better feel for it because, you know, it's just so street to street and just hit or miss. So yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that, but. But you know, your market and uh, you're doing, I love how you asked the question, how can I do none of this? Right. Oh yeah. Looking at everything that you've got to do, asking a simple question, like how can I do none of this? And you'll find a way if you start asking the right questions. You're getting uh, the market, you're doing a lot of marketing. You're getting VAs to handle the leads, make the soft pass initial offer. If you're close, just get under contract. You're not, I love that too, because you're not too worried about like beating them down on price on the phone. Just wrap, get it under contract. Close enough, it's good, right? And then you can negotiate more if you have to later, right? Right, if we have to. And that's not our intent in the beginning. Yeah, that, that takes sure. me back to what I was, the point I was trying to make earlier. Even when I was living in Cleveland and I was going out and meeting with people face-to-face, I found it to be a huge waste of my time because they might say they're ready to sell it over the phone, but then I'd get out there and you know they just weren't ready to do it. Yeah. Um, so we, we just started using the policy, hey, we're not going to come out and look at a house until we've got an agreement from you. If you, if you say you want to sell it for 50,000, great, let's, let's get an agreement on it. We'll come out there and confirm what you've said over the phone about the um, shape that the house is in. And then we'll take it from there because, and I, I just tell them straight up, you know, I can't tell you how many afternoons I've wasted going out to look at houses with people that said they were ready to sell and then weren't at all. So it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So are you, what is your goal here? Do you want to keep on wholesaling? Are you starting to buy and hold rental properties? Well, yes. Yeah, so last year, um, we grew the wholesaling business quite a bit, but not as much because we tried doing a couple, well, we did a couple flips that turned out to be great. But I tell you what, they just stretched me out, uh, my mental platter. It just yeah. took up too much mental space. And, you know, I like the wholesale deals because you find the great deal, provide value for for both the seller and the buyer and you know you get to the closing table it's over and you don't have to think about it again with the flips there's just so much you know thought phone calls stress that goes along with it so it's great i've done done two flips that we've closed out so far and they've, they've been very fruitful and we'll continue to cherry pick some here and there but um and i actually picked up 10 rental units last year as well well so oh good for you that was that was yeah, that was really awesome. But um, made it a goal this year. I'm really just going to hammer down on the wholesaling business and really try to scale and multiply what we've done over the last couple of years. Just because the market's so hot, and I, you know, I tell you, so we've got a lot of people just interested in what we're doing too. So money's becoming available. So we're going to start taking a lot of them down and just throwing them on the MLS, just doing the wholesale. Yeah, because uh, you can you can really maximize the profits that way. For sure. Because, you know, the MLS is the biggest cash buyer network out there, biggest cash buyer list out there. So I'm going to be doing a lot lenders? more of that. Do you have private lenders you're working with for that then? I do, yeah. Right. So I've got about five of them right now. So, yeah, they, they've been funding the flips and some of the rentals and things like that. So always looking for more of those as well. So, But right now it's funny because we've got all this – we've got money, you know, being thrown at us or at me. And um, right now I just – Need. I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to jump into t- doing too many flips at once or, you know, all this. So I think we're just going to start putting it to the wholesales. And yeah. 
Just well, that makes sense. Right, you so. don't need to. Um, if you if you've got private lenders throwing money at you, <laughs> which which happens by the way, when you learn how to find deals, right? Oh yeah. So then you um, you find you find if you learn how to because that's a million dollar skill learning to find those deals. You find the deals, and then the money will come. The money will follow all the time. Definitely. So, Josh, talk about traveling. You've done a little bit. You're just now starting to go through Asia. Any advice you'd give to people who want to start traveling, like how to run a business while traveling? Oh, gosh. Well, that's a great question. I think just getting your processes and your systems down. I've I've been using a, a lot of checklists and spreadsheets lately to track our numbers, which I could do better with that. But just having our daily task list of what, what needs to get done on a day-to-day basis. And we use a day to, um, a team huddle call every, well, just about every day. I have the team, you know, get on the phone, even if I'm not available. Because a lot of time, like right now I'm 12 hours ahead of where the time they are in Cleveland. So I don't always necessarily make the calls, but really just having the right people in place, you know, with the right goals, yeah. working on those things and uh, are you being using, there to support, support them. For your CRM? Um, using Podio. Okay. Is and it, it's, 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 it's served me pretty well. Um, you know, my VA runs all that and she's, she's a whiz with it and she does great. So I try to stay out of there. <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, I, I haven't really played around with it. And every time I get, I just kind of get in the way with the podium. So I just, I just stay out of it and that's how she prefers it. And so we're all happy that way because you know, I look at Podio and it just makes my head spin and then want to explode because I just don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. So I just kind of let the team handle Podio kind of like on episode 84 with you and Tom. I recommend yeah. everybody, I, I recommend it. everybody listen to that and take notes on it and listen to it again and implement because it's, I mean, that's pretty much what I modeled the business after. Episode 84, that link will be in the show notes. But if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and just do a search for 84, you'll find it. We talked about the best uses of virtual assistants there. And it's just, again, stepping back and saying, how can I step away from the computer? <laughs> like, how can, I, how can I focus just on my highest revenue generating activities, the $500 an hour activities, not the $5 an hour activities, you know? Exactly. And, okay. you know, I'll... Uh, another tip well i've got two books i want to recommend that one's the four hour work week yeah. tim ferris just talks about scaling your time and traveling the world and he's got tons of great info on that and a, another book he produced by another guy it's called vega bonding and he just basically talks about traveling the world full-time and owning your time and those two books are incredible but and vega bonding really hammers down on just traveling the world full-time and how to make how to maximize that. So that's, those are two really awesome books. But um, another mentor of mine, Mark Evans, he, one thing, and who actually you introduced me to, one thing he preaches on is, you know, he says, okay, you're on an island. It's island investing. So say, say you've got 10 minutes a day that you can hop on a phone and work on your business. What what are you going to be looking at? What are you going to be talking to the team? What numbers are you going to want to be hearing? You got 10 minutes. So try, really try to hammer it down what numbers you want to be hearing, whether it's how many leads came in today, how many offers did we get out, how many contracts did we pull in, you know, 
really just kind of hammering down those KPIs and how you'd want to run it. And I really strive to do that, but you know, it's hard to do it in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> but it's a great idea. But, yeah. It's a great principle. And, you know, so I'm striving for that every day for sure. But um, So that, that, that's been good. But that Vagabonding is an incredible book. If you're into travel and working from the road, I highly suggest it. Yeah. That, I've not, I've never heard of that book. That's awesome. The key is just to get out there and do it. You know, you obviously yeah, got to learn how to, it, it would help. It might be a good idea. You start learning how to do deals before you start traveling. I interviewed a couple, Jess, uh, Jess and, oh shoot, what's their name? They're missionaries. They're out of Africa. And I think they came back to the U.S. They uh, were wholesaling deals from Africa. Um, wow. Jess. One, the, yeah, yeah. Josh and, and, and Jess Davis, episode 184. Okay, yeah. Simple. They might, I don't know if they're back in the U.S. or not, but uh, it's episode 184. These are missionaries in Africa. And so it's a cool story, just talking about what they do, man. And it wasn't complicated. It wasn't like, oh, that's amazing. You're actually, like, they're just really good at the basic stuff. You're right. You know what I'm saying? And that they basically use wholesaling to fund, you know, their missionaries work over yeah. there. Is that right? That's yeah. so cool. So they don't have to yeah, stress it, about raising support and, you know, getting donations and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They just do the business. That's so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Once you get into this and I always talk about friends, you know, oh, Hey, I want to jump in this business and learn about it. like, listen, it's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle and it's, there's going to be some trial and tribulations, but you've got to start. Cause uh-huh. you've got to start getting the, t- you've got to get the time under your belt. Cause it's going to be a year or two of getting the time under your belt. You got to start the clock ticking because if you wait a year, it's going to still going to be another year that you got to get under your belt before you're going to get any traction. So just get the ball rolling and uh, make it happen. It's going to take a little time to get it rolling, but then the opportunities that, and the things you can do with your life, once you get it rolling are just infinite and incredible. And it's just, it's cool to see all the people and what they're doing with it in this industry. So just really happy to be a part of it. Josh, talk a little bit more about um, who, who is your team? Who is on your team and what are they doing? Okay, so I've got two VAs and one, basically my main VA. She schedules all the marketing, handles all the seller calls, prepares the buyer email, marketing emails and things like that. So pretty much just runs, you know, pretty much runs the business for the most part. If she's got a warm lead, she'll tee it up for me, send the email over with all the information. She's talking to sellers and she's actually locking up contracts. Now, if she's got somebody, if she's got somebody close, you know, I I, I like picking, I love working in the business when I've got a hot seller on the phone. If there's somebody I can help and, you know, determine whether we can help them or not, that's where I, that's, that's my favorite part of it really. Okay. So she does that. And so then we got another VA that basically just supports her so she can spend, spend her time on the phone okay. um, because she, and it's really cool. She even books my travel, my flights and everything now, stuff like that. So that's really nice. So then her assistant, the second VA, they, they do our Craigslist marketing and they skip tracing and things like that just to support her running comps updating podio things like that just so she can be hammering the phones all day and uh then 
we've got a realtor in Cleveland who basically goes out and takes pictures and does basic on-site visual inspections uh, and helps us evaluate properties and things like that. And also lets buyers into the properties when it's time to show properties. So that's just kind of our boots on the ground. The realtor, it was kind of a hard piece to find. And I, I found that just getting a realtor to be the, if you're trying to be virtual, getting a realtor that knows the market and knows how to deal with buyers and sellers and tenants is just, you know, it's kind of hitting the easy button, which I like. So, but I tried hiring people that weren't from the real estate business and just for that function, I found that a realtor works really well. And, uh, we've got a fairly good buyers list, but you know, a piece from your automated wholesaling courses lately, I've just been, I've got a, a wholesale, another wholesaler in Cleveland that I really like and I trust. And I just send him all of our deals pretty much. And well, not all of them. Sometimes they're just obvious home runs that I know I've got buyers for. And, uh, we'll go ahead and wholesale them, but he's been selling all, all of our deals, um, lately. So, and I don't have to think about it. So we, we get a contract, get pictures taken, send them over to him. He gets a good return. Cause he's not, he doesn't have any good market. He doesn't have any marketing dollars out and I don't have to do anything on the back end Cause I can't stand dealing with tire kicker buyers. I, you know, and sometimes that's just the part of the business. I don't like, I'm not a real salesy guy. So I don't really like, pushing deals, you know, here, here it is, take it or leave it type thing. So that, that's just another process that we've instilled and it's just been working great for me. So it's really freed me up to travel more and not have to worry about working in the business as much while I'm on the road. So, so yeah, internally we've got, two, yeah, just trying to keep it as simple as possible. So internally two VAs and a realtor that, you know, takes pics and helps with showings and things like that. And then, couple JV partners. I've also got a um, JV partner for when we do flips. So he'll manage the flips and we've got a split going there. So it's really cool how the business has grown over the last year. You know, things I, I grew up reading about and dreaming about doing, you know, flipping houses, buying a bunch of rentals, raising private capital. Now I'm doing it. And it's just, it's really cool. Once you, once you get traction, nice and you're in the game nice. and it's just and it's so fun that's the best thing about it all putting these deals together and doing the deals it's just so fun so yeah i really enjoy it now what and, um how much involvement do you have on a day-by-day basis and what is your involvement i guess it varies when now when i'm in in the states and you know not in vietnam or something i, I try to Lately, I've been hammering the phones, talking to sellers, because I found that that's what I really enjoy. That's what I really enjoy, and that's what I excel at. And I feel like I'm making progress. If if I'm sitting stagnant and I'm not learning something cool or making any progress, I just I find that I get start to get anxious and can even get a little depressed at times if I don't feel like I'm moving forward. So I found that getting on the phone and actually what I've done, I, I I got your automated mojo course i believe yeah and uh so learned about automated automated (laughs) mojo.com yeah and you know it's that's a really powerful tool and i I really enjoy it so what i do is i just filter through all of our old warm leads and i call them back because because uh my va does a great job but i tell you when i get on the phone if there's a deal to be made it's i'm gonna make it and I, i think just you know, hearing from the owner of the company, 
kind of, you know, makes an impact there too. So, but for me, I've kind of had the whole idea of, you know, the VA might not do it as well as I do, but it's going to get done on a consistent basis, which is going to way outperform my inconsistent activity. Totally. So people freak out about that. Don't they? They're like, uh, the VA can't do it as well as I do. Yeah. They're not going to make as much money as you would if you did it on your own, but we're talking volume here. We're talking like exactly. You will make more money. It pays for itself many times over. Without a doubt. And it's just a matter of owning your time. So if the VA is doing it consistently and getting it done, I don't have to worry about it as much. So yeah, do you? That's what I've been doing a lot lately. Do you pay the pay the VA's bonuses? I do. Yeah, Uh, it's kind of on a scale. So just it's kind of a sliding scale. No, but 150 to 350 a deal. Nice. A lot of people are wondering right now, how do you find these kinds of VAs? Well, Upwork is a great tool. Upwork is, it's kind of like Amazon for, you know, freelance workers. So I've had a lot of luck there. IVAS is a great service that I've had some luck with them in the past. IVAS, I-V-A-S, right? Yeah, I think that's what, IVAS.com, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've worked with them, but yeah, Upwork seems to be... Uh, really, you know, the, be- the best resource. VA, usually those VAs can help you find other good VAs, right? Because they know people. Right, exactly. That's how we found the second one we've got right now. So, and we've had a couple that, you know, came on and just didn't work out, you know, for whatever reason. Because you have to cultivate that. It's not like you just hire it and set it and forget it. You have to, yeah. you have to train them up and get them going. So I will say a lot of the time I've been, a lot of my time has been spent this year trying to get the team in place to where, you know, if I walk away, deals are still going to be closing mm. on a day-to-day basis. So that's, that's been a big struggle for me, getting the team together. So I'm really happy with the progress we've made and where we are today. Well, you've also, I think one of the keys to your, your, your success, Josh, has been communication. It sounds to me like what you're talking about here is you're, you're constantly communicating with your team. And, and you talk to them about, you talk about them as your team, you know, if you guys right. notice listening to Josh talk about this, it's not just a bunch of people that he's hired. He knows their names, right? And he's communicating with them regularly. You have to treat this like a business. So many people just hire a VA and expect them to understand exactly what they want, when they want it, and how to do it. And we'll maybe talk to them once every couple months. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work like that at all. And, you know, I think you probably talk about this a lot, but Voxer is, is yeah. a tool we use every day. It's just, it's really powerful. It's kind of like a walkie-talkie text. You can send pictures, documents, things like that. It's, we use that primarily for communication. So it's been really good. Right. Let's talk about Vietnam real quick. This is your first time to Asia, right? First time to Asia. It's a big bucket list item for me. Yeah. Nice. So what do you, what have you seen so far and what are you planning on seeing? So we started out in Hanoi, and I tell you what, I, I think I about lost my life about 10 times. There's so many motorbikes on the road. Were you riding one? And, no, I didn't ride one. My buddy wanted to, but I had to Nick say that huh, before no we way. even got here. No chance. But I tell you what, every time you cross the street, it's you're taking your life into your own hands because these wow. people fly by, and there's no real traffic regulations. It's pretty much just open road, so... Yeah, you you just have to have faith that you apparently the idea you just step into the road and they're going to avoid you. But I, I'm having trouble doing that. But yeah, so that was really cool. The food, the street food there is phenomenal, phenomenal. And uh, then went to Halong Bay for a couple of days. Took a little uh, 
it was a boat that kind of took you in it. Those are the big uh, limestone rocks that come out of the ocean. I mean, just gorgeous. And so really cool sight to see. And then uh, we actually did a two-day hike through, I think it's called the Fang Na Forest. It's a deep jungle. I mean, it's super muddy and it, it was really crazy just thinking about even back in the days when during the war, I just can't even imagine. So yeah, so we did that for a couple of days and there were these incredible caves that I saw the second and third largest caves in the world, I believe. Wow. And so we went, went through there and there was water, you know, rivers running through them. And so we swam in the caves and, you know, you can go back 700 meters in one of these caves on a river. So it's, it's flowing water, not flowing very fast, but I'll tell you what, that was pretty freaky. We got about 400 meters into one and the guide said, all right, let's turn off our headlamps. So we turned off our headlamps. He said, okay, sit still for one minute and don't, don't say anything, turn off your headlamps and just sit still. So we did it. And it was the scariest thing ever because you feel the water moving around you, you know, just, you're basically in a cave and it was just really hectic. So when you wake up, he said, turn on the lights and he said, all right, which way do you go to get out of here? And had no clue. I mean, we would have been stuck. It even freaked me out wondering if he knew which way to get out. But And you're feeling the flowing water just taking you down this narrow cave. It was just, it was really surreal, but really fun at the same time. So pretty exciting adventure type thing. Okay. And, but I'll tell you what, it, it scared, it scared me big time. But, you know, that, that's what makes life exciting. So I don't know if I should tell you this or not, Josh. <laughs> I just Googled vietnam because i wanted to look at some pictures because i heard the beaches are gorgeous right <laughs> Uh-oh. no there's a story on abc news from 21 hours ago about a uh, a mother from australia that got worms from burrowing into her feet from the beach oh no oh this is gross <laughs> i'm not even going to talk about this okay yeah let's just hold off on that well it's funny because it's been overcast the whole time i haven't seen the sun so the beach is not something it's even been on the radar i'm actually in hoi an right now where the beach is but i think i might refrain from checking it out oh my gosh this is so disgusting i (laughs) see they're they're called hookworms and uh just from walking in the sand um (laughs) oh gosh she got some medicine they all came out but like if anybody's curious do you want me to send you a link to this article yeah shoot me the link and it's making me feel real uneasy right now because my feet have definitely been dirty from walking around in the jungle but uh, i think i'm good on the worms but oh yeah so another cool thing you can get worms anywhere, even in the U.S. You can get worms, but go ahead. What were you gonna right. say? Well, well, thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe like, maybe I don't want to freak you out or nothing, but uh, well, my God, I got to send it to you anyway because yeah, just send it to me. I just emailed it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's I, like, cool. Ruined your whole trip. Yeah, when my mom hears this, luckily, probably, I'll probably be way home and settled by the time she does. She'd be freaking out for sure. But, uh, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. So, uh, another, another cool thing we had going on today, we're in Hoi An, and uh, uh-huh. I always heard you can get tailored suits and all this stuff. So, we went to the place, BB, and uh, my buddy and I, we got fitted for some suits today. And, I mean, 
incredible fabrics and wow, really nice suits. So we got fitted today. I mean, so we got two cu- custom tailored suits and six shirts each, and it was six hundred fifty bucks a piece. No way! Wow. We got fitted everything, and so we're gonna go back tomorrow and get refitted. I think one more day to get it refitted, and then they'll have them done, and we'll take them home with us. So, are you gonna take them home with you? Why don't you? Can you just? Uh you know, send them home so you don't have to pack them and carry them? Yeah, I think they can ship it. I don't know. We'll figure out those details, but it's just so cool. And these suits are so nice. It's going to be looking sharp when I get back to the States. So Yeah, there's a guy I know. Uh, I forget his name. He started a company like a uh, custom tailor-built suit company for U.S. people, right? And he sells them for a couple hundred bucks, but then he buys them from some Asian country. Maybe it's Vietnam. For like ten percent of that. Oh wow! I forget. Yeah, there's a there's a there's businesses that do that. Um, you That's just really cut cool. out the middleman and saved a ton of money. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, just coming over here. If you're looking at buying a nice suit, I mean, you could go to Vietnam, pay for your plane ticket, and get a couple of them, and come out ahead. <laughs> there you go. It's a good reason to go. So but, that was pretty cool. So where are you going after this? here for a couple more days getting the fittings done and just kind of hanging out and then we're going to ho chi Minh, which apparently is like hanoi on steroids as far as cars whizzing by and just crazy traffic ho chi Minh. um ho chi Minh city yeah i think it's also known as saigon or really close to saigon i'm not really sure exactly those details but yeah I'm looking it's at nice my, my buddy's plans these things out so i just typically show up and you know are there a lot of expats? Do you meet a lot of expats there? Yeah, well, our plan was to uh, hang out in hostels and try to meet folks and just hang out and take in other cultures. But I found that the internet access and uh, the comfort at some of these hotels is really nice. So we haven't met as many expats as uh, we had kind of planned on. But, um, you know, staying in a super nice hotel right now, um, I think it's 70 bucks a night. 70 so, bucks a night. Cool. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's really, really nice. How much is, uh, can you get, is, is the food good, reasonably priced and all that? The food's incredible. Yeah, today I think we had a three-course meal for two people, and it was $25, some of the best food I've ever had. Wow. And um, here in Hoi An, they have fresh, fruit, uh, fresh brewed beer with no preservatives or anything like that, so it's kind of a new thing to me, but you get beers for 20 cents. Wow. Do yeah, you- so... Do you feel, uh, do you have to drink bottled water? Can you drink the water, the normal water there? Yeah, I've been drinking bottled water or the water that they give at restaurants, but I haven't been drinking from the tap. Okay. And I think they say it's just a little bit safer not to. Then, so, um, so when you're, when you're touring around, walking around, do you, do you feel safe enough eating food from the street vendors and places like that? Or Yeah, I do. When I first got here, it was a little uh, overwhelming, but yeah kind of get settled in and just talk to the folks around and yeah it seems totally cool and there's some places that don't seem quite as clean so so i I try to avoid those a little bit but i found that some of the uh, hole in the wall shacks have some of the best food oh yeah so just kind of watching some bourdain episodes and things like that Uh, help give us a little guidance that's awesome so that's been cool yeah so how is uh how's airbnb do they have good hotel or you know good selections from airbnb that are nice. You know, I haven't even looked at Airbnb over here. That's a good question. Uh, we've pretty much just been staying at hotels. I so. am. Uh, <laughs> I hope people don't mind me uh, 
talking about these things on a real estate investing podcast, because I think <laughs> this is so cool. Like you got to start thinking bigger, you know, and absolutely. Uh, I'm looking at Airbnb right now, Ho Chi Minh. And is, is that, it's on the beach, isn't it? Um, I think it's fairly close to the beach. Close to the ocean. But it's amazing now. Airbnb has instead of homes, they actually have um, experiences. Like you can buy things to do. Oh yeah, I was just looking at Airbnb for actually when I get back to the states. Um, I've I've always said I want to go to live in California, and I always want to live in there the winter and not hang out in Cleveland. And so when I get back to the states, I'm going to rent a place in Los Angeles uh, for about a month or so while I figure out the van situation and do all that stuff. Yeah, I was just looking at Airbnb, and it looked like they had some really cool. Oh my gosh! Look at these things. It's like one-bedroom apartments here, with uh, two hundred five-star reviews. Uh, wow, forty-one bucks a night. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, Pretty. Awesome. Now there are some places. This is a three-bedroom for eighty-five dollars a night, but this kind of a place, just looking at the pictures, would be. Three four hundred bucks a night. Easy. Where else? Like even even in. Uh, well, this is a huge apartment. Three bedrooms. Really really nice. But um, yeah, that, that, that's another thing Tim Ferriss talks about in Four Hour Work Week is you, you travel places where the dollar goes far. Yeah. So you don't need it. Might might cost a little bit to get there, but you're living you're living like a king for the cheap when you get there. So. I mean, oh, that's so cool pretty- to think about. This is what I get passionate about because people think like, oh man, I've got to, uh, I've got to have $5 million in the bank before I can retire, you know, or I could never right. live there because I couldn't afford it. I mean, I only do one or two deals a month, but you could do, I mean, Josh, especially with what you know, you could literally do one or two deals in your sleep, right? If you wanted yep. to live in Vietnam, you could, how comfortable could you live on $5,000 a month? Oh gosh, I mean, like like an absolute king, and you go you can go get a massage for like I think ten bucks for thirty minute to an hour massage. So I've got yeah. a couple of those. That's been really cool, and the, the food is like super cheap. Lodging is cheap, and they have Uber here, which is crazy cool. Oh really? So yeah, getting around is really easy. Oh, but I'll tell you, I went so there's this really nice spa. I think it was fifty five dollars for two hours, like facial treatments, foot scrubs and uh a forehand massage it was really cool it was in, in the states it would have been easily five six hundred bucks no way yeah so it, or maybe three or four hundred bucks but it, talking fifty five dollars it was just it was so cool i mean that's awesome how nice would it be to get a massage every day as stressful as things can be at times so. or if you had your own house you could probably hire a maid to come clean and cook for you for how much a month for a full-time maid do you think to do all that? Oh, man, I don't think it would be much. Hundred, a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah, probably a couple hundred. Would be do my all guess. your laundry, do your cleaning and cooking for you. Pretty cool stuff. Well, <laughs> okay, okay, Josh. Man, we could go on and on. <laughs> oh, I know. You're getting me excited. Getting my travel juices going. Like I'm like, I yeah, I like it. We were well, keep me posted. We were just talking to my kids. Uh, well, you know what we do on our on our main table where we eat? We have a dining room, but we have another table where we mainly eat in the kitchen area. And we put a map of the entire world on that map, 
on that table, mm-hmm. and there's like a plastic see-through thing that goes over that. So it's like I'm trying to make sense how tell you how this works, but it's a it's a giant map with a plastic cover over it. So when we spill food or whatever, it doesn't ruin the map. Anyway, uh, every time we eat, we're looking at this map, and we'll 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 play games like first one to point to Ho Chi Minh wins <laughs> and oh, that's awesome. try, trying to look to see where this city is or where this country is or what continent it's in or whatnot. And, uh, part of, you know, it's just fun to do that. But the other reason I do that is I want my kids to start thinking bigger. I want them to think of themselves as world citizens, you know, like absolutely this little bubble. And we, you know, we're, we're, we're really lucky and blessed to be where we are, you know? Absolutely. Cool, man. All right, Josh, any last minute advice to somebody hearing these stories, talking about traveling and doing deals? What kind of advice would you give to them? Oh, man. Well, I, I just, like I say, fortune favors the bold and just dream big and just expand your mind and just buy the ticket and take the ride. Really? I mean, we, we dream about these things, but when it comes down to it, you really just got to pull the trigger, get out of your comfort zone and make it happen. It, it definitely made me a little nervous coming over here, but you know, here I am and yeah. bucket list. So it's just, it's really cool. And Vagabonding, that's a great book as far as the traveling piece. Vagabonding. Yeah. V-A-G-A-B-O-N-D-I-N-G by Rolf Potts. Cool. So this guy, this guy traveled for like two years at a time all around nice. the world. Yeah. Really cool. Good. All right, all Jeff. Right. Well, I, Gosh, thanks for all your time, man. I know it's, it's like 5 a.m. there right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a pleasure. I, I, I'm so happy to have been able to be a guest on here. It's another dream come true for me, Joe, so I really appreciate oh, cool, it. I'm, I'm humbled by that. So, Josh, how can people reach you? Can, are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can check me out there. Also, you can sh- hit me up on my email. It's boomtownrei at Gmail. Also working on getting my blog started. It's called realestateontheroad.com. Cool. Again, that's realestateontheroad.com. So it's not up and running yet, but you can go in there and kind of put in your email. To, so now you've got a fire you. under your butt to get it done because we're going to release this podcast in a few weeks. Exactly. So, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to tell the folks on the podcast about it. So I got to get it done. So. <laughs> Hey, Josh, great talking to you, man. It was good seeing you the other day in Orlando. And uh, keep keep posting updates on Facebook and love watching you. I can hear the cars and the the horns out there now. Oh, yeah, things are starting to get rolling. The sun's coming up, so. (laughs) All right, Josh, good talking to you, man. (laughs) All right, Joe, take care. Thanks. Hey, guys, I know we gave a lot of links. And go to the show notes, a lot of good stuff that you want to go check out. Book references, websites, podcasts. weird things that crawl in the sand and get into your feet (laughs) but uh, so if you want to links to all the show notes except for that last one go to realestateinvestingmastery.com realestateinvestingmastery.com i'm so sorry i even brought that up that's horrible i'm sorry (laughs) just ignore that take it out (laughs) all right see you guys take care bye-bye